everybody. What is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. I am in the podcast studio with actually a surprise guest. He's usually behind the scenes, but today he's here. If you see him around, he'd love it if you call him Mr. Podcast in the studio with Aaron Rose. Well, thank you for having me. So I've been involved with Watermark's podcast since basically the beginning. Back in the early days, there was only the Church Leadership Podcast, still going strong. But since then, we've added the Equipping Podcast, Views from the Porch, the Collective, Students Podcast, obviously Join the Journey, and I'm sure I'm missing one or two. I also produce podcasts outside of Watermark. Two that I'll mention would be Able Speaks, which is for families who have a child with a life-limiting diagnosis. Mm. So if you find yourself in that situation or know someone in that situation, I would highly recommend Able Speaks podcast. Also, Better Man, which is a ministry that's dedicated to Christ-centered masculinity, and that has got awesome guests, a great host with Adam Tarno. Um, I couldn't recommend it more. So if that piques your interest, go check out Better Man. Now, with being part of dozens of different podcasts and producing hundreds of different episodes, this is the first time I've been on this side of the mic. So thanks for taking a chance on me. Hopefully I don't screw this up. <laughs> but let's, let's just go ahead and dive into 1 Timothy 6, starting in verse 1. Those who are under the yoke as slaves must regard their own masters as deserving of full respect. This will prevent the name of God in Christian teaching from being discredited. <laughs> what a way to start a chapter. Man, if you're like me, this can get you stuck. It's like, oh, cool. We're going into slavery talk now. That's neat. Anytime that I feel like I'm going to get stuck on something, there's three things that I do. One, pray. I know, I can, I, can, I can hear you. I can see you as, as I say that. It's not just a Christianese thing to say. Prayer is so powerful in getting us in the right heart space. It slows us down. It creates a sensitivity to the spirit. And the spirit can show areas in our flesh that are getting in the way. So pray. If this passage has bothered you, like it does so many people, pray. God's good. His word is true. We are flawed. And so we need God's spirit to work in us to help us see clearly. Two, expand your context. Now, all you know this, and the go-to will be to go to verses about slavery, and that's good. Emma did a great job in Colossians 3. Go check out that podcast that will actually explain some context for how we think about slavery in biblical times being different than the slavery that we think in American terms and more in our more recent history. And that's super helpful, but don't stop there. There's plenty of verses that talk about protecting the vulnerable, Psalm 82, 3, unity in the spirit, Ephesians 4. But even more so than that, don't start cold today with just chapter six. You've read all of the book. You've read all of 1 Timothy already, and so you should have a general feel when you get here of the tone in which Paul is speaking. I can't give that to you. I can't explain that to you. So if you haven't read all of 1 Timothy, or if you're kind of cold on that, stop the podcast. This is not near as important as reading God's word. Stop listening to me and 
in your car, press play on 1 Timothy or at home, read the whole thing. Because that's going to give a context for how Paul is speaking. He's not talking about how he feels about slavery. He's talking about a way that will not hinder the gospel. Unstick yourself with context. And also in this book, didn't the same book talk about providing for widows, i.e. those who are vulnerable in society? So, of course, Paul is not promoting slavery and promoting exploiting people. And finally, probably the most important thing that you can do is grow your view of God. When I have a hard time reading things in scripture, oftentimes it's because I'm reading from a very temporal, human, earthly perspective. What am I missing? Let's, let's read the verse again. Those who are under the yoke of slaves must regard their own masters as deserving of full respect. This will prevent the name of God in Christian teaching from being discredited. Still outraged by slavery? Good, <laughs> you should be. But are you outraged by the name of God and Christian teaching being discredited? If not, why? More than likely, it's because we have too small a view of God. If we saw God for even a fraction of how glorious and infinite he is, we would be offended. We would be so angered by the distortion of his name. We would be so concerned that we could be confusing to people and that we would mess up how people think about him in the gospel and his goodness and Christ's teaching. Be offended by slavery and be offended in behavior that can confuse people about the gospel and who God is. And in the end, they obviously overlap because what's more evil than taking someone who's made in the image of God and calling them property. Finally, a word on fairness. If you took my suggestion and read through all of 1 Timothy, you'll find that fairness is not really a theme in 1 Timothy. It's actually not a huge theme in the Bible either because Christian, remember the gospel. You don't want fair. And so yes, God loves justice but he has more for you than just a life that is fair. So my four-year-old son was playing with two other kids, both of them older than him, and one of the kids starts picking on him. He's teasing him, being rude, and then got to a point where he's excluding him on purpose just to bother him, saying, hey, you're too little. This is for the old kids. And it really bothered me. Yeah. But as a father, I have to think about what's best for my son. And what's best for my son is not fairness. I need to teach my son, how do you walk through a situation that's just completely unfair? So I did what I think is best, which is to remind him of who he is, that I'm proud of him, to refute the lies that have been said to him, and to offer options and how he can respond, not in a way that's fair, but in a way that's not going to discredit the gospel in a way that will solicit questions itself. How does a four-year-old respond to a kid being a jerk with love? That doesn't make sense. In the same way, our Heavenly Father isn't after just a fair life for us. He's after so much more. Verse 11, pursue righteousness, godliness, faithfulness, love, endurance, and gentleness. Verse 6, now godliness combined with contentment 
brings great profit. God in his kindness will give us opportunities to be conformed to the image of his son, to walk in situations that are completely unfair, and to respond in a way like Christ in love. That's such a great reminder, Aaron. Thank you. I, I really appreciate the time you took to prepare and to share with us. And I'm praying um, right now that what you just shared would be a blessing to the listeners and an encouragement to them. And I am so glad we are all on this journey together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.